0: Welcome to Good film the podcast where two sisters living in different parts of the country talk with family and friends about beloved movies from their childhood. Um, and I will let Eleanor introduce our movie and guest.
1: So our guest today is Kara Nazareth. Woo! <laughs> and woo! She lives in Maryland and we met in college. We, we both went to Notre Dame, but we didn't really become friends until we studied abroad in Uganda. Um, yes. which is crazy because realistically, that means we became friends almost exactly nine years ago. Nice. Um, Two thousand, Which is eight,
2: right? Yeah. Well,
1: I only, well, the only reason I know that is because like my birthday is on Wednesday and that was the day we flew out and I turned 20 when we were leaving. And I remember this so well because I'm not very good at like telling people that <laughs> it's my birthday, but like we had become friends on Facebook. And we were meeting everyone at JFK and then like you showed up and you were like, happy birthday. I saw it on Facebook and then everyone else was like, I just met you and you didn't tell me it was your birthday today. And I was like, no, because like (laughs) like, you meet someone the first time. I know you can't do that. Hi. Hi. Like we're going to be like friends for the next six months. Like today is my birthday. (laughs) Like that doesn't happen. No. So that's how I know in my mind exactly always when we left for Uganda because it's just whatever my age is that's
0: amazing
1: yeah <laughs> okay but that's awesome
2: yeah well, Cara, tell us a little so bit about yourself all right so I um so as Eleanor said we went to college together um I live in Maryland I live right outside DC so we live in the burbs now <laughs> we're suburban you love being a suburbian. Yeah, I don't mind at all. And we live really close to like Dunham, Bethesda, so it's not like super suburban. Um, but it is suburban. So we live there. We just got a dog a few months ago. She's working on You have home. a house. Oh, um, You're
1: like married AF. <laughs>
2: <so> <laughs> I made, we, we just went. Uh, we watched What the Hell? You guys heard that?
1: Oh, oh, the Netflix one.
2: Yeah, I've never heard that. of that yeah. ever. Yeah, so we're we're vegan as of Friday.
0: <laughs> Wait, that's like the best sentence I've ever heard.
2: <laughs> so we're we vegan as supposed to do it for two weeks and then reevaluate. So. Okay,
1: I feel that I'm doing Whole 30 with my office starting a week from tomorrow.
2: That sounds awful. It's
1: It's fun. You know, you try it, and then some things, some practices might stay, others you will lose.
2: Totally. For the shot. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But you are married AF. I mean, How to Dog and Friday Night Netflix health documentaries.
2: Yep. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I do what I can.
0: Married (laughs) AF. (laughs) (laughs)
2: oh
1: man okay so Cara what movie did you choose for our viewing enjoyment today
2: so I picked My Fair Lady and it was actually really funny when you guys had asked like me to pick a movie because I was like trying to rack my brains and I was like I don't even think like I watched that many Disney movies when I was a kid in our house. We had like, these tapes that my parents bought for to watch themselves. Like, My Fair Lady, State Fair, like, all these, like, kind, like, musicals. (laughs) So I just listened to, like, watch them all on YouTube. It was, like, that's what I want.
0: I mean, they're all really good movies, though. What'd you say? They're all really good movies.
2: Yes, they are really good movies. And the music in all of them is so fun. I was just listening to some before we started and I was like singing along and like remembered all the words. It's just like so fun.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's great. Okay. So before we hop into our um, discussion, we need need to um, pause for a second and we're going to talk about one pop culture thing this week that we all really liked. Well, we'll we'll each do it. So, um, Yeah, does anybody have anything to start with? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, so this weekend I got really into young adult fiction, again, in a real way. And so I read this book called The Star is Also a Sun* by Nicola Yoon, and I think it's becoming a film, but so heartfelt and energetic. And one thing I forget about young adult books is that they, like... Put all their feelings out there in a really big way all of the time and they like wear their emotions on their sleeve which is something i find so challenging Yeah. so he's like yes <laughs> um so reading this book was so beautiful and like honestly at the end i cried and then i judged myself for crying <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it's
0: oh, about, I, I like love that but it's also terrible
1: <laughs> why is it terrible
0: I mean, it's just, like, I love that you just admitted that. Yeah, but don't judge I yourself.
1: I ju- Well, no, no, no. I admit most things all the time. Um, but it's a story about an undocumented Jamaican-American teenager who's about to get deported. And then she meets, like, a young Korean-American guy Oh, being deported. And then they, like, spend the day together. And it's, sa- it's like, a very small story, but... I really loved it, and I, like, finished it so quickly, so quickly. That's awesome. Yeah, that was my thing of the week.
0: Okay. Cool. Um,
1: You're so judgy right now.
0: It's fine. Um, (laughs) Kid, so I'm trying to think about, Cara, do you have one?
2: I mean, so I don't know how much this podcast is up. political podcast it can can be be any and all except any and all so i mean the thing that i just read today is about um the russia investigation how there's some things some things came out today about how trump's business um sought a deal on trump tower in moscow while he ran for president oh the plot is
0: always thickening always (laughs)
1: Honestly, this is something I've thought about a lot, is that generally I tend to be very aware and invested in world events, but I would say, like, in the last nine months, I know way too many, like, high-level politicians' names. Like, I don't, I I should not have to know as much as I have to know in order to get through, like, a conversation at work about current events.
2: Yeah. Well, I feel like... It's terrifying. I feel like it's, like, some of both, like... We have like I feel like the same way. I have so much information about this, and at the same time, there's not a lot of stuff going on. You know, like it's right. all kind of like the same stuff over and over and over again. It's it's frustrating because it just feels like we have all this information, but the process is slow for the investigation for and whatever. It's just slow. slow. Yeah,
0: yeah. I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, for my pop culture thing of the week, actually, Eleanor sent it to me. So thanks, Eleanor. Um, but Sesame Street did a song called El Petito, which is, um, it's like a play on Despacito and it's about a little rubber ducky. And I like played it for my students as a brain break. And this year I have a bunch of native Spanish speakers. Like, I have a kid who's half Puerto Rican, I have a, one half of a set of twins who are, like, from Venezuela, I have a, a, a student from Cuba, I have, I, I just have lots of Spanish-speaking students, and I, like, put it on without thinking, and they started watching it, and they all, like, died of laughter, because one thing he went, like, El Patito and then there's this little rubber ducky going across <laughs> the screen, they, like, lost their minds. Oh, my, um, oh my
1: gosh, Karin, you have to look it up. It is the Funny. I'm going to check
0: it out. That sounds hilarious. It's just like, it's really, and it was really sweet. And it's kind of like, oh, and I, I immediately sent it to the Spanish speaker because there's like a little bit of Spanish in the song. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's great because it's slow enough for the students to like understand it, even like the non-native ones. Mm-hmm. Um, But, like, the, the, again, the native Spanish speakers, like, literally lost their minds. And then, and, like, all the other kids were, like, kind of staring at them, being, like, what's going on? So afterwards, I was, like, okay, my Spanish speakers, like, why was that funny, you know? Um, So it was great. Yeah, it was really cool. Look.
2: I gotta check it out.
0: Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Oh, 100%
1: you have to. It's so great. 100%.
0: Okay, so. So good. Kara, as we jump into our discussion, would you give us a, um, would you give us a, what is that word called, Eleanor?
1: Synopsis. <laughs>
0: Thank you! The word is synopsis.
1: You can tell, Annie's. it's so, so funny. I remember feeling this way when I first started teaching English abroad, and then when I was teaching sixth graders, is that, I was like, I used to have a good vocabulary, and then when you like, bring it down to their level all the time, then I lost my ability to, like, speak English, so you I
2: feel we'll you, lose so all. what of you're lives.
1: looking for is
2: synopsis. <laughs> yes. Oh. Alright, so my synopsis. Yes. So, I mean, I guess in some ways it's kind of like a Ags to Riches story-esque. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically, um, Eliza Doolittle. She's like this poor lady on the street, and she speaks. She speaks English, but she has this like kind of. I guess, like I don't even know how to describe it. Like they call class. Yeah, it's like lower class. Like the way she talks, like the slang she uses, like her the way she pronounces words, all of that. So this um, this phonetics instructor, like that he's like a teacher and so he says that he's going to help her I think he's like there's like a bet or something yes. I can't remember but he says he's going to like take her in and teach her and so he teaches her how to speak and then things go to behave to be proper I mean all I re- the funniest thing I remember is just when she had like all these marbles in her mouth and he was like Making her pronounce things with those in her mouth. Yes. So it's like so cool. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's like, it is cool. It's like, a, I like the, the concept of it. It's pretty
0: cool. Okay, so. What? Sorry, Eleanor, go ahead.
2: Why do you
1: think your parents liked this movie enough to purchase it and buy it and have it be one of the few movies you own? <laughs> That's
2: a good question. I mean, I think, you know, especially because my parents were. We all were immigrants. I think they had a different, like they purchased things in the house for that were that had like cultural value, like an elevated cultural value, whatever that means, mm-hmm. you know. So I think it's cultural kind of, capital, yeah. Yeah. So instead That's of saying idea. like, "Oh, here's like The Lion King," my my cousins had like all of those movies, and so I watched all of them, or we saw them in the theater. But in our house, we only had like good movies, whatever that means. Not that right. Disney movies aren't good, that's not what I mean. No, 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 but
1: it, no, it's, it's true that we, we privilege as a society a movie based off of a, a movie musical based off of a George Bernard Shaw play more mm. than we would
2: a popular. Yeah, exactly. So I remember I even had a Cinderella that was not um, animated. It was like a, a real like acted or oh, the live
1: action one? Was it with Leslie? Yeah, and I don't
2: even remember where it was from. It was like years and years and years ago. But yeah, so it was like something like that. So I think they just they wanted to have those kinds of things in the house instead of Disney movies. I feel like they were like, well only she's going to enjoy a Disney movie but like we all can enjoy this. right?
1: Oh, that's a cool way to think about it is that, because like so much entertainment geared towards especially American kids is especially Un- when they're really little, is, like,
2: annoying and challenging for and parents. And unwatchable,
0: watch. yes.
2: Yeah. No, it totally is. Like I the Emoji watch. movie. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm not seeing that
0: one. Oh, yeah, I didn't either, <laughs> but my honestly, students liked it.
1: Gross. Well, most of the movies Annie's students seem to like, and I I try to see most movies geared towards kids because that's kind of my research specialty, my interest, and, for example, the movie Sing was unbearable. And Annie's students uh, were obsessed oh, with it and saw it multiple times. And that's why this movie's getting a sequel. Oh my god! But it's horrible.
2: And it should never. But it made so much money. Well, I mean, then, but that's what it is, right? Like, the bottom line is...
0: Making money. Cash.
2: Not, not content. I mean, Pete and I will sit in, like, the movie theater and, like, look at the previews. And we're like, there's just nothing on, like... Like, really, really good. Like, there obviously is, right? Because so there's Oscars and, like, there's good movies being made. But I think for the general population, it's not indie movies or, like, random things. Most of it is just, just feels like junk. Like, TV shows feel... Yeah, prestige TV more so. And then, Yeah, they're, like, very impactful and interesting and
1: all of that. Yeah. Well, there's also this idea that we have all kind of meaningful movies. We... In a time frame that doesn't reach across the entire year, we assume if a movie is not released between November and end of December, that it has no cultural merit. Like, yeah,
2: that's
1: right. <laughs> like, so, and it's hard because I know so many people who in November, December, like now I feel like I have to see every single movie. Whereas yeah. I, and I see a lot of things, but there were months this year. And this year I thought was particularly bad, where I was like, I can't even find anything that I'm remotely interested in. Oh,
2: yeah, that's not a good feeling.
0: Yeah. It's
2: not good.
0: Okay, wait, wait, okay, I have to talk about, so, I mean, we are talking about My Fair Lady, so, like, this is good, because I have, like, lots of thoughts and feelings, um, because, so, Cara, I, like, recently saw this play with my parents for Mother's Day in oh. Chicago. Yeah, the, the Lyric Opera put it on, and they always do, like, really wonderful performances. And it was very well done. Like, I, I truly enjoyed it. And, like, you um, said, like, the music, like, it comes back to you, and you're like, I could have danced all night. And it's just, like, so beautiful. And you're like, oh, what a great song. But this play, um, is like so sexist. And I left and was so pissed. And people around me were like laughing because I was talking to my parents and I'm like, why did she go back to him? He was terrible to her. Like he was, and he was expecting her to like get his shoes again and basically be a servant. And I just turned to my mom. I'm like, why did she do that? Like, as a child, I was like, oh, it's, like, so romantic, which is right. the problem, right? And now that right. I was a grown woman, I was like, this is the wrong oh, ending. Girl. <laughs> like, girlfriend should walk have been strong it. enough to, like, walk <laughs> away. Um, But, yeah, that's, like, that's what I took from it as an adult. I still really enjoyed it. It was just, like, I was a little angry.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that's totally just the dynamics, right? He's, like, this wealthy educated affluent white man <laughs> right and she's white but she's poor uneducated has no social capital like you know i think that's those dynamics in addition to like just male female dynamics at that time are they're all playing out there in like a in like a gross way
0: right yeah and like there were parts where she, like, she does become a dynamic character, and I think that she is very strong, but then by the end, like, to fit into the English society, she kind of has to become docile, which is maybe more of a, of, of a conversation about being a woman at that time than, like, anything, but, um, you know, like, she, like, when she's at the racetrack, and she's, like, yelling, and like, being yeah. herself, then all of a sudden she's, like, told that she can't be her. You know what I'm talking about? Like, oh. a lot of it, I was just like, ugh. It's not only about, like, being pretty and sounding good, you know?
2: Right. Exactly. No, I, I totally agree. And they were, like, that's, like, the racetrack thing is, like, she, she messed up in a way. You right. Know? But right. it's, like, that's also part of who she is, you know? She's not – just because she talks a certain way doesn't mean she hasn't had experiences that – or the idea is that she possibly have had, has
1: had too much experience and, like, negates her ability to access society. Because um, you have the sense that, like, she's a bastard. Right. Um, because, right. Because of the song, Get Me to the Church on Time. So this idea that they, that she presumably has been sexually active, I think is an underlying point of the... I would agree. The show, and it's what, what's frustrating because I've I've seen a play version of Pygmalion, so a, the non musical My Fair Lady, and what was so frustrating about it is that it requires no change on the professor's part. You know what I like,
0: Yes, she, exactly.
1: She, <laughs> she changes so much, and at the end, the film ends with Rex Harrison being like, "Bring me my slippers." Oh, like, cool.
2: Oh, so that was,
0: has lots of sorry. That just like so frustrates me like how terrible... So that part that line in particular really frustrates me and, and in this production in Chicago, I think that they were like more aware of, of the gender nuances of this of this musical. So yeah. at the end when she comes back, um, the way that they staged it was like she comes in and completely changes the decoration of his home. Like she puts uh, up new linens and like flowers and like makes it more like feminine. And then she kind of like is there, you know. Mm-hmm. So. But even even
1: still, that's in the female space as the domestic.
0: Exactly.
1: Right. I don't know, Cara. Yeah, as someone she- who has. Is- married AF. Can you describe your your your, <laughs> your kind of connection with the
2: domestic sphere? Yeah. I mean, like I, do you I, consider ownership of it? I mean our relationship was pretty much like my fair lady. So <laughs> you know, I was just poor. I couldn't speak anything. Could taught <laughs> Yeah, so yep, he did, he sure did. Um yeah, I mean I definitely like I think, you know, still today, right? I mean, I was a gender studies major. I could talk about gender stuff until I'm, like, blue,
0: in the, blue in the face. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But I feel like even even today, like, Tita and I talk a lot about this because it's important to both of us. Is this whole thing about emotional labor, have you guys heard of that? No. It's kind of just the idea of, like, all of the work that goes into preparing to do the work. So, like, if, if his job is to cook, you figure out, like, what the grocery list is, do the grocery shopping, prep all the vegetables. And like, I've done, like, five things before he does his job. Or, like, who replaces the soap? Or who buys the shampoo? Who realizes you're out of toilet paper? Who says, oh, like, the house is getting messy. We should probably clean this weekend. <laughs> like, all of that stuff is like emotional labor. Is like, preparing to do the work. So that's, that is largely, that's a lot of energy to keep on top of, like, all of that stuff.
1: Okay, but then this is a question, this is a larger societal question, but do you, and both of you, like, do you consider that type of work that I need to prepare to clean, I need to prepare to cook, I need to think ahead to a grocery list? A lot of time that does fall to women in so much of it is I know, as someone who, like, I live with a roommate, but it's this idea that, like, I live for and take care of myself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: used to doing that at this point, and I have my way of living, that right. if I were to enter into, like, a live-in, like, romantic relationship, I would continue doing that just because I like my way done. Yeah. Is that, in a way, like, having bought in? Subconsciously to this
2: construct of emotional labor? Yeah, I mean, I definitely I think you're you're totally right in that like there's lots of things that I don't keep track of because they don't relate to me. So like I don't drink coffee. Tita always makes sure that there's coffee in the house. I I won't even remember to buy that. Razors for him or shaving cream. Like I don't even remember to do that because it's not relevant to me. But in terms of like the shared thing are usually on my to-do as opposed to his to do. And to his credit, it's not because he doesn't isn't interested. Right? I think it's totally a socialization thing. Where socialized to <laughs>
0: Hi Tina. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or women are usually socialized to like, you know, walk into a room and get the, the the pulse of like what's happening and men aren't. Yeah. So they get away with not paying attention in a way that women can't get away from so yeah totally he definitely takes care of his thing he does his thing and he clean when, it, when he's cleaning he cleans his way and like that's totally fine there's nothing wrong with that but well, a lot of the shared stuff I'm like the one trying to stay on top of those things or like oh like will you go to the store and get these things for all both of us kind of thing does that make sense mm-hmm.
0: yeah no it does I feel like it's it's so hard, too, because I don't know that, like, we as a society will ever, like, 100% get away with that, like, away from that. But that's also maybe not necessarily, like, a bad thing. You know what I'm talking about? Like, is it just using, as you said, like, our our, our feminine strengths of we can read a room. Like, I, I know, um, like, as a teacher and, like, having male teachers in an elementary setting, like, they're so great and I'm so glad that they're there. But I feel like female teachers just have a little bit of a better, and maybe this is just in my experience, but, like, we can just see where the little things in terms of organization are going wrong that they might not see. It's like, oh, these kids are, like, turning things in wrong, not because they're idiots and aren't listening, but because we haven't made it easy for them to get to the spot to turn things in, you know?
2: Um, But I think all of that is, It's just socialization. There are men who are very detail-oriented. And then there's women who are like, is it raining outside? You know, like, they're not paying attention to some stuff that's going on. So I think some of it's definitely personality, but I think it's definitely, too, you know, what was expected of you. Right. But how do we change that? What'd you say?
0: Like, how do we change that? Like, I mean... Well, getting back to the movie, right? Like, I feel like um, Eliza changes because, like, more is expected of her. Right? Like, she has a really good teacher in a sense who's there and is like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna demand this of you because I expect you to be able to meet my demands." Right? Right. He almost gives up on her, but like, doesn't because he wants to win because he's a man. Um, but, like, how do you? Like, I mean, that brings up a lot about teaching, right? Like, we could be teaching the wrong things or the right things, or we could be, we could be giving kids, like, false senses of confidence. I don't know. Like, it's all very meta, but that's where my brain's going.
2: hmm No, I hear you on that. I think, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think it's always going to be, so I always tell this story, which is, like, the, strange thing, but in my gender studies class, they talked about, like, how are we ever going to get to a point where men and women are, like, really, truly equal, and that article talked, the article that I, I'm talking about, talked a lot about, like, reproductive stuff and how that really gets in women's way, mm. you know, having to get pregnant, being pregnant, nursing, all of that stuff that happens, and how that's a huge cost to women, but something that women have to do, right? Because that's, you know, either... Well, obviously you can adopt and, like, that kind of stuff. But if someone is going to have the baby in, like, a heterosexual couple, it's... It's going to be the woman. Right? right. So this whole article was saying women are never going to be equal to men until we can incubate people. And, like, babies be, like, dish or something. And then, like, just born in, like, this thing. And then no one is, like... I don't know kind of beholden to developing physically developing the the child child and all of that stuff I mean obviously that was like you know it was an extreme example but they were saying I mean this is this is tied up in like so many things it's hard to change it
0: that's crazy but also makes sense. Okay, to make this lighter, let's <laughs> let's talk about our favorite songs from *My Fair Lady*, because I think we can all agree that the music is beautiful.
2: Yes. Is okay.
1: Beautiful. I know mine. I would. There's like, I mean, I could have danced all night. in beautiful and such, like a clear emotion. Yes. Yeah, and as all three of us really enjoy dancing, so I think that's like pretty generic generally yeah. a, a highlighted song but like just you wait henry higgins is so funny it's so funny um and just envisioning all the different ways that she would punish him and enact her revenge which if we're again if we're going back to like the gender issues in my fair lady pygmalion that ties into for for centuries the only way that women could like enact power was in a, this imagined. Uh, sense this mm-hmm. imagined violent sphere right. <laughs> like right. so I was like oh it's so funny so
2: funny and she plays it to such great effect I know there's so much like she does energy and emotion when she like says it sings it
0: Audrey is amazing agreed okay um so my favorite song by far probably I mean it's just like so beautiful is on the street where you lived. I remember just being a child and being like, that's the most romantic idea in the world, that this boy is just like, he's happy enough to just be on the same street as her. He doesn't even have to be in the same house or room or space. He just has to be on the same street as her. I mean, I just thought it was so sweet, and that song is beautiful.
2: That is really sweet. I love that. It is. I was just.
1: I also like how it's brought up in the movie *Blast from the Past* too. Nah, what a great movie! Yes,
0: <laughs> it is. Ah, uh,
2: lot of a lot of cues that I would have missed as a child. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I missed. What you guys were talking about like some of the like sexual stuff, like maybe her past, and I like definitely would not have cued into that. That's fair. I Have to rewatch. Yeah, I have to rewatch
0: as an adult. Well, so what's interesting about this movie for all of us <laughs> is like we did watch this movie in our childhood, but this movie was made for adults. You know what I'm talking about? Like, which is an interest. It's not a children's movie. You know? Yeah. But it was a children's movie for us. I don't know. It's interesting. That's
2: weird. That is weird. I mean, now children's movies are a lot of them. I mean, we we're talking about the ones that are like super Awful. silly but like many of them are yeah. made for like kids and adults but I don't know if they were thinking that at that time you know like I think that was I think you're right and it was like this is for adults and then kids just happen to watch
0: them right yeah which is kind of scary because like some of my students like they've been mentioning they're like we love Talladega Nights and I'm like please no like don't watch that until you're in high school yeah dumb but realistically
1: teddy probably saw that when he was their age true (laughs) okay cara what was your favorite song
2: so i mean i love the two that you guys picked um i really like the song wouldn't it be loverly it's so true oh there's so many good ones yeah there's so many good ones that one's just so sweet because it's like you know, she's really longing for, I don't know. I mean, all the songs have, like, so much emotion in them, but that one's just really her, like, wanting something that she doesn't have or can't have. And I think she sings that one. Doesn't she sing that one, like, right in the beginning?
0: Yes, yeah. she does. Right? Mm-hmm.
2: She I does. She's still, like, on the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanting more. more and like or no it's like she knows that she can't you know like it's like almost like she feels like I can't have it you know like I know what's possible in life but it's not possible in my life kind
1: of thing going back to social capital yeah, yeah. this idea of like what do you have access to because of what you know who you're born to etc mm-hmm. what you look like
0: all of that all of the things
2: all the things
0: okay, so let's talk about would we recommend this movie to children of today so like again it was it was a children's movie for all of us maybe because of our parents and not intentionally because it was like a children's movie thematically or even in length, like the movie is really long, guys. It's like over two hours. It's definitely not made for oh a child, like a yeah. child's attention span. Um. So, but like, would we would we suggest children today to watch it? Thoughts?
1: I would say yes. I I mean, in part, just because the music is so beautiful, and because I think I would hope that a kid today, especially a girl might question it more than I did and I think they would yeah and like I I think that questioning could lead to some really interesting conversations
2: interesting yeah I I agree I definitely think that kids should watch and I almost kind of wish that you know they would redo it kind of like how you were saying Annie when you went to the play like how they kind of she redecorated or whatever if there's a way for them to do it in a way that was relevant to today you know whatever they would have to modify and still keep like the essence of the story and the music I don't know how they would do that I mean I would get paid a lot of money I guess if I did
0: <laughs> no we can like adapt it so it's like mean girls but like <laughs> my fair lady so it's like set in high school and like super progressive oh that would be fun <laughs> One day when Eleanor yeah. and I own a media company, that's what we'll also do. We'll do, it. We'll do remakes yeah, of like perfect. classic musicals in American uh, high schools.
2: <laughs> perfect, that sounds
0: great. Um, kind of along the same lines with you guys. I, I do think the music is beautiful. I think that Eliza Doolittle. Okay, I think that I would, I would, let them watch this movie up until the last scene. I don't think I might turn off the movie for when she goes back to Henry Higgins. I would just let it end with them thinking that she marries Freddie. <laughs> like, which is
1: which is funny, because if you read the original Pygmalion script, like, by George Bernard Shaw, like, that's what she does. Really? And it's like, they, yeah, they oh, have a very that. different relationship, and she marries Freddie, and it's, like, still not educationally, emotionally fulfilling in the way that she hoped, because she it's dean that Eliza is and Freddie. Like,
0: wait, is what?
1: Two, like, because Eliza is more, though she doesn't have the formal education, it's, like, clear that she's brighter.
0: Right. Than like, Shaw, more intelligent. Right? Yeah.
1: So, in the original Pygmalion version, I would honestly, you guys, like, it's a play script, so it takes, like, next to no time to read. Mm, so if I might. you get it out from the library, I mean, it's so funny. Like, George Bernard Shaw was such a funny writer. But, the... The script ends, and they still like she and the she and the professor remain friends. And it's something like they go visit and they converse and they talk all the time. So in a way, Eliza has like the traditional stability of like a marriage to a respectable man. She becomes like a mother and whatnot. But outside of her marriage, she has like the intellectual engagement with the next, another man. Mm.
0: Like
2: she continues to have these like tiffs with the professor. Yeah, so that's like a progressive or a progressive ending me neither of them, right? And she can now talk. Didn't like the whole point in the, in the beginning, she wanted to like work at a flower shop.
1: Yeah, that was it. That was because
2: like, like <laughs> to work on her like to be able to like go in there, she had to like be able to speak properly. So what if she just didn't marry either of them? Right. <laughs> She's like, I got this flower shop. Yeah, and she, like, has her flower shop, and then she can find someone who's maybe an intellectual and a nice guy, like, who's, like, the whole package, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, the dream package. The dream, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, we should just remake this movie. Again, Definitely. When, when Eleanor and right. I have a media empire. Okay, so to wrap up this discussion... Um, we always talk about where in the world we'd want to go right now, which for Eleanor and I is very difficult because we just had this discussion yesterday (laughs) in real life to try to decide where to go. And neither of us could make a decision. So the
2: dream. I go to, there's a lot of places I haven't been, but I think where I could get like the most, bang for my buck is probably if I went to Southeast Asia. It's It's so great. The most bang for your buck. So many places to visit, so much amazing food, affordable to be there, and just like a lot to see. And like, I've gone to India, right? But that's obviously a completely different culture. So it'd be so cool to be in just something very different. No, I want to do it, but I haven't done it, and I never. I don't know if I'll be able.
1: You'll be able. to you, you it'll, will. It'll work out. I don't. I trust. I trust. I, too.
0: Trust, uh, I <laughs> trust. Hands up. I would.
1: Say, <laughs> I would say for me, this time of year, I always, I think because it is the time of year that we left to go to Uganda. I always think of East Africa at this time of year. And recently, I, I. Really love being in cities and I want to be in cities so I'm like very interested in this moment and like going to Nairobi I'm like
2: I would love to hang out in Kenya for a little bit did you ever go go when we were in Uganda I mean I know we like walked over but you never you didn't do the I didn't go to Nairobi okay no
1: so I would, and I mean it's such a dynamic city like I would love to love to Eleanor I feel
0: that we could put that on our list
1: Nairobi? Yeah.
0: Okay. It would be warm in January and December, so.
1: I mean, it would be warm pretty much (laughs) any time. It's a warm place. It is. It
0: is a warm place. Um,
1: I'm so glad you teach geography to fifth
0: graders. (laughs) Oh, shut it. I am so smart. (laughs) I know all the things. Yeah. Yeah. If I could go anywhere right now, I was kind of talking to Eleanor about this. I've been feeling Eastern Europe again recently. Um, I just feel like there are a lot of really interesting places that I never learned about until I was older. So, like, I feel like when you're in school, the only thing you really hear about Poland is that it was taken over and, like, decimated, like, a thousand times. And then you watch a movie, like, everything is illuminated, and you realize that there are just, like, endless fields of sunflowers, and there are beautiful people. That's in Ukraine. Okay, whatever, Eleanor! (laughs) But you realize that in that part of the world, there are, like, actually beautiful places, and now I just really want to go explore them, because, um, again, I feel like I've always been attracted to places um, that weren't in history books, or, like, weren't really shown in textbooks, and so uh, that's kind of where I want to go. That's
2: cool. You guys watch Amazing Race?
0: no No. but we've been told we'd be good at it
2: you guys would be good at it and you would love it I mean it's only like on you know they'll have like a season but it's just cool they go to like all these different countries and they and it's very like culturally sensitive you know they do like it's not like they're like making a mockery or whatever it's it's such a nice show and you get to see like all these cool places that's the dream
0: Eleanor, we should dream. You guys
2: should totally go on it. I know. I actually feel like media empire.
0: I feel like we could be good at it. it. Because we should
2: apply. Do the application.
0: Oh my gosh, Eleanor, should we? We should. I'm gonna look it up right now. So, okay, (laughs) so dear podcast listeners, this is our (laughs) this is how it begins. This conversation right here.
2: (laughs) Follow us on the
0: amazing race. Yeah, follow you guys
2: on amazing race
0: yeah okay oh, that would be the dream it would be okay well i have to wrap this up because i need to go to bed Grandma's status <laughs> <laughs> it's 809 what um, up um but this was so lovely
2: so fun thanks for inviting me on your podcast guys
0: oh, oh thanks anytime. thanks <laughs> for coming and podcast listeners
2: yes
1: we- oh my gosh what is one of tita's favorite childhood books?
2: I'll have, I'll have him email you because he was like, okay. that's cool. I want to do that. I was like, yeah. all right. Well, you can. I'm sure they'd be happy to have oh you. Oh, my God. We would love, love to have him.
0: Yes.
2: Can, and you guys can set something up. That'll be fun. Perfect. I would love that.
0: I would, too. Um,
2: all right. Well, thank you, Cara, for being
1: an incredible guest. And Woo. to all of our loyal listeners, you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Player FM, on all the places you get your favorite podcasts except Spotify, so don't (laughs) try. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, though you won't find much on Twitter because we never use it.
0: The dream! (laughs) Okay. Um, Wonderful. Thanks, guys. Thanks.